go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This is Orange by Topher Moore and Alex Elena. Coming at you live from KPOEM. I'm Robin O'Neill, otherwise known as Rockin' Robin on the dial. <laughs> I can do better than this, guys. I, I really can. I love being a radio DJ. I, yes, I accept your job. Yes, I accept that job offer as a radio host. What's up, guys? I thought it's later than I normally post, so I thought I would hit you up with a late-night song instead of the regular intro. So, yeah, this isn't an Otis McDonald song. He's my normal royalty-free guy. This is Topher Moore and Alex Elena. This song is called Orange. Isn't it a great nighttime song? It's not even 7 o'clock yet, but I feel like it's... I, I don't even know what I feel like. I'm so tired. I am averaging no sleep a night and I can't take it anymore. I'm so overworked and overwhelmed and I need a break. Today was supposed to be my day off. I decided I was going to take a day off and it did not happen at all. I've been working very hard all, all day and then it just never it just never ends. Oh, I did take a little break um, just a little bit ago, although it was still physically kind of well anyway I bought myself a bike as a Christmas present it's just a cheap Schwinn beach cruiser but my god am I happy it's a it's like a really nice yellow color kind of like a I don't know powder yellow if that makes sense I got myself from this company in recommendation corner right here I'll say wheel brights that's a tz at the end um I got these and they're bright blue LED lights that you put in the spokes of your tire. I only got one because I wanted to make sure I liked it and I love it. So I would say I installed things on my bike and um, for double the time that I actually rode my bike and then it was too dark and I don't have a, a headlight yet and I need one because last time, well here's my history with bikes. Last time I rode a bike. I flew over the handlebars of my bike in the dark on a trail in the middle of the night on 4th of July and broke my front tooth out of my mouth and scraped up my entire face. And I still have, you know, like that front tooth is half fake. And so it, you know, yellows with time in a different way than my normal tooth. So eventually I'm going to have to get it removed and replaced to make everything. I mean, because hello, I drink coffee. I don't brighten my teeth. I, I have normal last teeth. So anyway, it's this whole thing, but it's not a big deal. But um, the problem with that is that it kind of freaked me out about bikes because I like riding bikes at night. And and I don't mean like I'm, I'm not a cyclist. I am not into cycling. I'm into leisurely riding a bike around. Um, just, and I've always liked it almost as much as I like taking walks, which I talk about a lot on here. I really do love taking walks and, and riding bikes, but that happened, God, that's been like 10 years ago. So, but up until then, I always had a bike. I always had bikes. I've gotten bikes stolen as any bike owner knows that happens a lot. And, um, yeah, as a kid, very into bikes. I also, my first time, one of my first times riding my bike on my own, I, I can't believe I'm telling this story. I got in an accident. This was when I lived in Houston as a little kid for a short time. I lived there, um, landed <laughs> my crotch, I guess. Here's a first <laughs> me reading stuff history. This is the first time I've ever said the word crotch on here. 
And honestly, probably one of the only times I've ever said the word crotch in my entire life. And now I can't stop saying it. But I don't know what else you call it. I mean, that's what it is. What am I going to say? Like, okay, where my legs come together? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Anyway, that part of me landed right on the bar. And let me just say this. I had to go to the hospital. So, so after that many... Sorry, I'm stuttering now. I'm so worked up about this whole crotch fiasco on the podcast tonight. Um, yeah, I also got attacked by a dog once and had to go to the, um, it's like a, not right quite a hospital, but whatever the quick doctor thing was at the university. Got attacked by a dog while I was riding a bike. Um, so I've had a lot of like crazy bike things, but I still love bikes. And I was just explaining to Damien, one of my favorite, well is my favorite bike scene in in movie history is on the ice storm and joan allen is at a yard sale and she's sort of having this weird exchange with this priest and then she sees her daughter ride by on on a bike and the daughter christina ricci is unaware that her mom is anywhere in sight and she's just by herself christina ricci riding a bike down the street and she looks very beautiful she, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a very beautiful scene. And Joan Allen catches, catches her, like, sees that and just looks at her admiringly and says to the priest, look at her, something like, look at her. She's so free. And that always stuck with me in a major way. It, it, I, and I know I'm getting the quote wrong, but that's essentially what happens. And I know that feeling. And that's the feeling I get when I ride bikes leisurely. And so, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I, I have been wanting a bike for a long time, and especially when quarantine started, but all the bikes were out everywhere. I couldn't get a bike, and I didn't. Yeah, so anyway, the story is I have a bike. Uh, let's move on to Question Corner, because I haven't asked you guys enough questions lately. Um, oh, here's one that I thought of that I actually took note of. When you're looking at a TV show, do you read the episode summaries on Hulu or Netflix or wherever you watch? Do you read those before you watch? Or are you like me and you just avoid them like the plague? Like I divert my eyes so quickly when I see that. I, I blur my eyes or close my eyes and then click to enter the episode. So in other words, episode summaries drive me crazy. They ruin episodes. They straight up, they're basic, they're spoilers. That's what they are. Hold on, I'll be back. God, I love talking to you guys. This is fun. Um, all right. Are you buying... So speaking of my bike, are you buying yourself a Christmas present this year? Or an end of the year present? Or a, hey, you made it through 2020, congratulations present? And if so, what are you buying? Uh, the bike is the only thing I'm buying, and I bought myself some pajamas today. I'd like to buy just about a billion pajamas. I, I mean, how many pajamas can I have? Uh, not enough. I know that. Uh, what is your order at a coffee shop? I have asked you guys this in the past, but it's been years. So tell me what your go-to order is, and I'll tell you mine, which is a decaf Americano with extra shots to make it extra strong. Because the way I make it at home with my Nespresso, that's what I drink all every day, all day. Um, and when you can control your own strength of your coffee, I think one tends to go stronger and stronger and stronger until... 
you explode or something. I don't know. I don't know how far I can go at this point. But when I get an Americano now, especially dumb old decaf like I have to drink, they're just so weak. So you want it to be bold, like real coffee. And so that's my whole thing. Anyway, that's my order. What's your order? Uh, and lastly, do you go to the dentist regularly for your checkups and cleanings? The reason I'm asking is I've been thinking about this too. Because I actually think about you guys, all of you anonymous people out there, and some not so anonymous. And I really do wonder about these things, about, about you guys specifically. <laughs> I know that's weird, but it's true. It's so true. I'm like, God, I hope everybody's drinking enough water. I hope everybody's going to the dentist. I hope everybody's doing their stretches, getting enough sleep. So when I talk about these things, it has a lot to do with that weird attachment I have to know. Like, what am I? I'm everybody's mother. That's that's my new nickname. Um, God, you don't want that. Trust me. Uh, But anyway, I, I wanted to say I kind of filled you guys in on the dentist thing earlier this year when I was having gum troubles. Well, update if I didn't already tell you. Went back for my six month checkup last week or sometime recently. Perfect health. No cavities still. 43 years and a half, no cavities my whole life. Also, perfect gum health now. I went from, they were talking about some sort of procedure that I would need done six months ago, and my dentist gave me the assignment of not only brushing, flossing, but also massaging my gums every day with mouthwash, with Listerine. I did it every single night. And I told you guys, I was very annoyed because this took, this takes forever. My nighttime toothbrushing routine makes me want to cry my head off because it takes so long. And I just want to go to bed at that point. But any, or probably not knowing me, I want to go do something else. But I did it every single day. I didn't even skip one day. And that guy was right. I have good gums again. So that made me happy. But here's, here's why I ask, do you regularly go in? Do you regularly floss? Here's the psycho part about teeth. So on a regular day, you haven't even eaten anything crazy. You go in at the end of the night, you brush your teeth thoroughly for two minutes with an electric toothbrush. Okay. I do that. Things seem fine. You think, all right, maybe I can push it tonight. Maybe I should just go to bed. No, then you go back in and you do what you're supposed to do. You Next, you floss. You floss, out comes an, an, like a turkey leg practically out of your teeth. You're like, okay, I just brushed my teeth for two minutes. And now this is coming out of my mouth? It's very crazy. Let's go a step further like I do. So then you're like, okay, I thoroughly, sometimes I'll even floss twice over just to make sure everything's out because I got so freaked out about this. Then I go in and massage my gums with a soft toothbrush, another toothbrush. Slowly massage my gums. Out comes practically an entire salad. And then, (laughs) and I'm not making this up. And then you use mouthwash at the end and spit that out. And I don't know what comes out then, but it's still food coming out. And I'm sort of got like, how, what do I have to do this for two hours before bed at this point? Or maybe I just have weird deep teeth or something. I don't know what's going on, but my teeth, my gums and teeth are in perfect health. But what I'm saying is I think we, I think the dentists are actually right. I think you really do have to do all this stuff or else you are in deep trouble. Um, all right, guys, 
I can't believe I've been talking for 12 minutes and there's no end in sight. I have a million things. I didn't even do recommendation corner yet. Um, instead of recommendation, I'll just summarize my week for you quickly. I sat on a chair and broke it. So there's that. Go ahead and just fill in the blanks for yourself. I sat on a chair and it completely broke and I fell to the ground and I hurt myself. So that is making me feel great. Um, in good news, <laughs> oh my God, how do I even begin this story? I got my books back, which means I have a book out called 20 years of Robin O'Neill, 20 years of drawings. It's my monograph, a book of all, you know, almost all of my drawings for 20 plus years. And, uh, it came out a few years back and I had a book tour and blah, blah, blah. I love the book. It's great. If I were to recommend it, I would, yes, I would say yes. If you like drawings and you like art of some sort, I don't know, whatever. If you've seen my work and you kind of like it, you'll probably like this book. It's, it's a good book, right? Can I say that? I don't even know. Anyway, uh, the books without getting into it too much, uh, sort of disappeared and the publisher's website disappeared and the contact info disappeared and nobody could get my books anymore. And you can imagine how that made me feel for the last half a year. Um, this is like up until this point, this is my life's work in book form. And I planned on being able to have this monograph available for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I, and they're gone and it was insane. And so I've been dealing with this privately for the most part, privately. And, um, I finally, after a lot of work and stress and pressure and doing things that make me highly uncomfortable, I finally got all of the books back. It's 10,000 pounds of books. I still have a lot of books left. So, which is what I wanted, right? I, I, anyway, so now they're in my possession, which I never wanted. I, ideally, I don't want to have 10,000 pounds of books to store and ship out and deal with and, you know, give to institutions and bookstores. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really brand new to all of this, right? I've never done this before. So it's uh, crazy, but I took it on because obviously if I could get my books back, I want to. And after something like this happens, you think to yourself, well, I don't, I can't trust anybody. Um, and especially in this day and age and this climate and what's going on economically speaking, there's no telling what's going to happen to anything. Oh, by the way, once I finally did get them, get it all worked out with the publisher, um, then in order to save money, because when you're shipping 10,000 pounds of books, that kind of costs a lot of money, right? And I don't exactly have a lot of money. So I went with the cheapest possible shipping company that you could even imagine. And it's sort of like, I don't remember, I'm not going to tell you the real price, but it's like the difference between one penny and $10,000, it's sort of like that extreme. And I kind of thought to myself, why is this only one penny? Like, wh why is this only one penny when everybody else is doing this for $10,000? And now I know why, because those books got lost. 
for several weeks. And here I finally thought I had gotten the books. And then they got lost by this company and nobody knew where they were. And they, they even their answer to me when I finally got a hold of somebody was like, yeah, sometimes that happens. So I think that does a pretty good job of summarizing the stress of this whole book fiasco. All that being said, I guess I'll skip ahead to the little business part of this uh, podcast, which is my books are now available through me, through my website, through, what is it? RobinO'Neill.com forward slash books, I think. Let me check that while I'm talking to you guys. Um, And until the first week of January, they're available for pre-sale for a 10% discount. So if you want it, but the $50 price tag is a little much, I mean, with shipping, it all amounts to about $50 anyway, but I am giving a 10% discount to anyone who pre-orders. So let me make sure, yeah, robinoneal.com forward slash books. It's the first thing you'll see there. And I encourage you guys to pre-order it now if you didn't already get it when it when I had my first round of all of this excitement. So um, I'm really not trying to complain because I just wanted to kind of give you guys an understanding of what that was all about. There's so much more to it, but you know, that's the gist of it. The only other thing went on this week that I'd like to tell you guys specifically is Elliot Weinberger, my hero, uh, greatest essayist of all time, he w- gave his first video reading and conversation, um, his first ever. And it, it was about the new book that I read from on here, Angels and Saints. And, or did I, I think I did read from, and if not, I recommended it highly and, and kind of gave you guys some snippets. But if I didn't, I'll check. I'll check the podcast records and see if I did or didn't. But anyway, uh, Point Reyes Books conducted this whole thing and it was such a pleasure. And it was, it was amazing because Elliot was in, I can't believe I just, Elliot Weinberger was in his, what looked like a library, like built-ins all the way up to the tall ceiling. It was books everywhere behind him. He was so relaxed, smoking a cigarette the entire time, looking like a badass, and so fun and funny and enjoyable and didn't take himself too seriously and, and admitted when he didn't know how to answer a question. And it was just incredible. And actually somebody at the end commented like how great, he go, they said, how long has it been since you got to smoke a cigarette while you did a reading? <laughs> and it is true. Like COVID sucks in so many ways, but having someone get to just smoke their cigarette while they gave a reading really was like, I mean, and they said it had to have been early 90s, if even that. So pretty great experience. And um, I'm, yeah, you can find it. I'll go ahead and put a link to that uh, in the description of the podcast because they made it available afterwards. So if anybody was a fan of anything I've read from Elliot Weinberger's, I think you should definitely check that out. Um, let me make sure this is still recording. Yes, I'm going to hit pause. I'm going to figure out what to read to you guys. I had a plan and I was going to read this Pavel Strut poem. Um, that has like a Christmas kind of thing going. But I, I've got next week to do that. I couldn't find my Pavel Stroop book. So I'm going to find something else for you guys that I have laying around next to the bed here. I'm not on the bed. Sorry. next I'm on my desk. But I had a, a pile of things that I wanted to read to you guys. And I'm going to get that and figure out what to do today. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. I'm back. We are going to be reading. I'm very excited. Uh to read this poet. Uh, Again, we're going back a while. This poet lived in 1055 
to 1138. And this book is uh, an anthology of sorts. It's called The Dream of the Poem, Hebrew Poetry from Muslim and Christian Spain, 950 to 1492. And it's translated and edited by Peter Cole. It won the National Jewish Book Awards win in 2007, I believe. Um, I don't know why I said it's kind of an anthology. It is 100% an anthology. I think it has over 50 poets, and it is a very beautiful book. It's a very thick book. It's, let's see, 600 pages approximately. I highly recommend it. I'll put a link in the description for you to find it. And we're going to be reading um, Moshe Ibn Ezra. So it's either, also, he's mainly known as Moses Ibn Ezra, um, and he's also known as, I think, Sa or Ha, Ha Salah. So he, he, he's a very fascinating person. And um, he, yeah, a philosopher, rabbi, I can't remember. Anyway, I remember reading about him when I first got this book and I was very fascinated. So that's for another time if you want to learn more about him. And I'm going to refer to him as Moshe Ibn Ezra, not Moses. Um, just because this book is the introduction I had to him and that's what they call him. So okay where oh man here it is i'm gonna read ivory palaces ivory palaces built on earth and mansions lined with galleries with marble columns on inlaid floors in spacious halls that filled with parties in a flash i saw them all as rubble and weathered ruins without a soul where now are the nobles who dwelled there and the spirits of those who raised their walls what hope has a man whom the grave awaits who's drawn down to the pit by his life, as though the world were a flock of sheep and time its shepherd and death his knife. Not quite a Christmas poem like I intended earlier. <laughs> um, let's read, let's just pick a random one somewhere in the book, how about? All right, I'll try to avoid any notes I've taken. I'm gonna close my eyes and just open it to a page. Are you guys ready? Okay, here we are. The Field, The Field by Shalomo Ibn Gabirol. Gabirol. Damn it. See, this is why you can't just scroll through a book and then suddenly pick a poem, because what if you don't know this person and you don't know how to say their name? Gabirol, I mean, again, in my hideous American accent, I have no idea, but Shalomo Ibn G-A-B-I-R-O-L. And I don't remember this poem, so this is brand new to me. The Field. The storm clouds look already in. Hello, I open the page to a storm cloud. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy with Shalomo right now. The, oh, Shalomo was born also in 1021. Oh, looks like he didn't live very long. So that's sad. Okay. The storm clouds load above us like bulls. Autumn was angry, and its face darkened and put them to chase like wisps of wool, like a ship's captain blasting its horn. The heavens went black in a thickening mist, as the morning stars and their light were absorbed. Then the sun with its wing whisked them across the earth until they split and it burst. The wind beat at the sheets of rain, and the clouds were cut into threads reaching down into the world below, drenching ridges preparing the furrows for sowing. 
On the hills, hidden grasses emerged, like secrets a man had long withheld. All winter the clouds wept until suddenly life again swept through the trees of the field. Hello, that was beautiful. I, oh my God, that was a really fun surprise because this can go either way when you pick one at random like that. The Field by Shalomo Ibn Gabirol. <laughs> again, I'm sorry. Again, I'm gonna say this right now to any criticizers out there. When somebody doesn't know how to pronounce something, if you think I don't normally try to look up like translations.com or whatever, name, how to pronounce names.com, I, I look up everything and try to figure it out. But I think the point here is not to be a perfect scholar. Of course, I am interested in, I, I wish I knew everything. And I wish culturally I could be just advanced in every way and linguistically stellar. But I'm a, I'm a person who is not a part of, any educational system anymore except for my own library and my own love of books so anyway can you tell i'm a little worried about people because i i realize like sometimes people are like well maybe you should take the time to learn how to say their name well first of all shalomo and i have no way to get a hold of each other i don't i can't go back to 1021 and also i did do research on um a lot of these people who i've investigated more in this book and it's actually, I, I don't really even know how to talk about it because there were different scholars going back and forth on this message board. And even the Ibn in a lot of these names, they don't actually know if it's intent, if we should pronounce it Aben or Ibn. And it's a whole, it's a whole long thing. So any, and Moshe, I believe is just, Moses is the translation of Moshe, isn't it? Anyway, if any of you guys know, and I know I sound a little prickly, and that's because no one can just share and love and talk anymore without everybody attacking everything everyone's saying. And, like, I get it when it's a big offensive thing, and I've certainly, I don't know if I've attacked people, but anyway, the point is I'm not trying to just be a jerk and not know things. It's just that I'm trying to expose a lot of different things to myself and you guys and everything. So, and this was just a fun thing. So I probably would have looked into Shalomo a little bit more, but I kind of love that we're just calling him Shalomo now, you know, let's just, let's just go with that. That's, that's his new name for me. Anyway, the, the Dream of the Poem is a really beautiful book and uh, I hope you guys will check it out. Now, this is so long. This is almost a half hour. I want to thank everybody who has stuck with me this long. I want to thank everybody who supports the podcast, anybody who uh, got on the eBay train and uh, uh, tried to get my drawing. That thing is now sent off to its new home, the 2020 Headstone Drawing. That was really fun. Again, books available for pre-order um, for 10% off right now. Thank you to Cindy and Atlas Mason. Atlas, I don't know who you are. You're a complete mystery to me, but you reached out about my heel. And I like, you're on to something here, buddy, because plantar fasciitis, if that's how I say it, might be what I have. I believe my mom has had this before. 
And then Cindy, you reached out and said that this could be a shoe issue where I maybe hurt my heel with a pair of new shoes. And yes, my friend, I did get new shoes about when this started. And they were like rain boots because you need rain boots here. And they're not support. These, these things I got are just cute. They're not good for my feet. So I'm, I, I want to thank you guys. It might be a heel spur. It might be plantar fasciitis. It might be a shoe. Um, either way, I'm in total pain and I need to figure it out. I was looking into it and it looks like even some stretches might work. Atlas, you're the best. Cindy, you know I love you, girl. All you guys out there, you are doing all right. We're all doing our best. I hope you have a good week leading up to holiday week. I hope you take some time for yourself. Buy yourself a present, just like I did. And I'll see you on the bike trails. Bye, everybody. I'm just kidding. I'm not getting on a bike trail. I'm riding down my streets, the streets of my neighborhood, and that's it. But you go hit the bike trail. Have a good time. Bye.